following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome, everybody, back to the Retroactive Sports Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andrew Lenz, and your other host, Johnny Townsend. I was not quite sure how I want to go with this. I'm no Colin Cowherd when it comes to this stuff. So, well, I would suggest like you're so good you can get on ESPN, but we know what they do with the good talent over there. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. the Jalen Rose thing kills me. The Jeff Van Gundy thing makes me upset. I loved Jalen Rose. And then, oh, but. I'm thinking in a good way. This is good for me because I love Jalen Rose and yeah. Bill Simmons together. I was I was about to say I would not be shocked because Jalen and, and Simmons are, are friends that he ended up over there. And I mean it would make sense. Jalen's really good. So Yeah, and I think Bill Simmons is like my favorite basketball guy to listen to. Yeah, he's he's definitely one I always listen to. I was watching the Dan Libertard show like uh yesterday and he had a he had a theory that I think goes a long way of like it's really strange don't you think this is dating this episode when I say this but it's really strange don't you think that they release all these names knowing that they're going to get a big hit uh PR wise because they're letting a lot of people go but they're doing it over like the the fourth weekend, really the July fourth weekend yeah. in America. So the idea is we'll take that hit right up front, but like by the weekend and by you know Monday and Tuesday, people are getting ready for uh, act, uh, you know festivities. Nobody's going to talk about this anymore, and it's kind of true. Yeah, because they just signed Pat McAfee to some like huge deal. Yeah, right the- before they announced that, so he got a lot of crap. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's nothing. He has nothing to do with any of that. That's not his fault. And then I think they want to go after Shannon Sharp. I heard too was a rumor about that. I mean, they paid McAfee a lot of money, <laughs> uh, yeah. but I, again, I don't blame him. Like that's not his fault. That oh, that's ESPN no. slash Disney not doing buddy. whatever they're doing. Yeah, you know, trying to save money. Uh, but man, you like a lot of good people. So, well, they still got the. The places universe, which I don't think they'll ever get rid of. If you've ever checked out those, the whole Peyton Manning thing, he has called oh, yeah, yeah. every sport so far. He just started hockey. He's got tennis, UFC, soccer, everything known to man. And I've kind of gotten to a point now where most of my uh, sports reporting intake is not really ESPN anymore. It used to be mainly that, but. I uh, like I'm like if it's Bill Simmons or Dan Lebetard, all those people, none of them are on ESPN anymore. And that Lebetard's are... not either. No, he's not. No. Wow. I like Lebetard. I do too. So, uh, him and Stu Gotts have a show, and I like Stu Gotts too. So, I just can't. I was making fun of Mister Colin Cowherd. I used to listen to him constantly, but I need a guy that just says what he like means and he stick buys it. I know he does the, when, when Colin was right, when Colin was wrong, but every once in a while, there's guys that he's like, that guy's a bum. And actually, you know, that guy's a great player. I really <laughs> like that guy. Yeah. I, I really put a lot of stock. If somebody is 
upfront about them being wrong about somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, I mean, you can take anybody as an example of a player that, um, you know, like let's take, uh, you know, Victor uh, Wimba Yomiya. I never say his last name right, so I'm apologizing. Wimby. Can we just call him? Yeah, Wimby. Let's call him Wimby. I like that. We're going to nickname him. Like, he's getting all this hype, right? And But you're also going to get people who are like, this guy's going to be a bum. So somebody's going to be wrong yeah. about him. One way or the other, somebody's going to be wrong. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm still very upset about my Charlotte Hornets, <laughs> Andrew. Uh, Brandon, the, the summer league is happening right now as we record this. I heard he's not. He did, like, good for about five seconds. From what he I- did good in one game. Then the next game, I think he barely scored, if at all. And... uh so we took the theory was we took him second over Scoot Henderson because of quote unquote fit. And I don't want to say anything, but you know, back in the eighties, the Portland trailblazers Ran a lot didn't take them. a certain Michael Jordan because they had Clyde Drexler and Clyde Drexler, again, hall of famer, amazing player, but you could also had Michael Jordan. <laughs> so they took Sam, uh, poor Sam instead. And uh, the history was written from that moment on. Because of fit. Because of fit. That's why I hate that. Just get the best player available. To, and then you can work out whatever you got to work out after that. And that still amazes me because I feel the NBA has become so positionless. When exactly. It comes, when it comes to certain things. So I understand you got LaMelo, you got Scoot. If you would have taken Scoot, it seemed like both on the ball players, kind of like what they're doing in, in Dallas right now. Yeah. Might bring him back Kyrie, but I think that you could adjust to that. Yeah. Especially also, now, like you're saying, I mean, me and you come from the, an era when if a big guy could dribble, it was a miracle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but now, like Wimby, for example, one of the key things about him is that he can dribble. Like he's really, he has a decent handle especially for like a seven foot five, whatever he is, you know? So, uh, and that's the thing, like these quote unquote, they used to be called unicorns. Remember that? Yeah. When they were coming out, like I think Porzingis was called a unicorn because he was like seven, three and he could shoot threes and, and he could drive and dribble. He could do all these things, but now you have, to. that's now that's basically what the league is. Is <laughs> that. Except for when I was told at work by some younger kid that Michael Michael Jordan in his prime would have to train for a week to join the NBA today. That, that that's one of those one of those things that says tell me you don't know basketball without telling me you don't know basketball. That would be that would be one of those statements. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things they said this kid said that didn't make sense. Michael Jordan was literally in the gym pretty much every day. So but today we are talking, it's kind of a get-to-know-you episode. We are talking about our top 10 favorite kind of athletes, players, any sport, anything. As you know, Johnny and I do not discriminate against any sport. We may not like it, but I think we kind of appreciate it in its own little way, and its fan base in its own little way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my greatest example of this would be hockey, which I know was big for you up north, but down here in North Carolina – it's not necessarily the the most uh, played sport, you yeah. know. I, but I definitely remember. It was like I don't care about hockey, and then I actually went to a Charlotte Checkers hockey game and had the, a fantastic time. So uh, I, I gained a new appreciation for hockey just from going to an actual live game. 
took away the whalers. She took away. I hope you know we that. We did. Did the shot of the chickers do, do No, that? the uh, the hurricanes used to be the Hartford whale. Oh, hey, hey, that's the only that's the only pro team that can win a championship for us. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like them. I I kind of don't like the hurricanes. I think just because I wish the whalers were back. Yeah, in a way, because they had such ugly uniforms, and then. <laughs> But I do like the because uh, we're doing top ten like favorite like I said athletes players. But two of they're not on my list. But two of the guys that I really liked in hockey that were just kind of like I wouldn't say they were bad. They were probably borderline superstars. And Ron Francis and Rob Brendamore. Who I'm a huge Rob Brendamore fan from being a Flyers fan. Guys. Yeah. So underrated. I think they're just two underrated players that when you actually you see them on the ice, see what they could do, and then you look at their stats and you're like, wow, they're much better than you know than probably the average person would give them credit for. But, yeah, the other the other thing too is as I was making my list of first thing I did was I put like all the athletes that I've that I'm a fan of and then I had to whittle it down from there. One of the things that I did do is no current athletes. I have none either. So I did have some on my list originally, but I took them off for this list. So nobody who's currently playing now is on my list. Uh, the other thing, too, is we mentioned hockey. I don't have any hockey players because mine would literally be Wayne Gretzky. And I feel like that's just an easy one. So I didn't put him on mine. <laughs> he was on Pro Stars. I know. That's. <laughs> Another thing too, I was joking with Andrew before this. I was like, if we go really wide open with this, I'm gonna put Chris Farley on mine. That was a big guy who could do a cartwheel. That is true. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you want to kick it off? You want me to kick it off? Uh, you can go first. Okay, I'll go with my number ten here. Uh, it's my only pro wrestler on the list, and. I just didn't want to pick my like most recent, my favorite pro wrestler of all time in a in a kind of is in a way, but not really. But one that probably to this day, more so when I watch his older stuff, and what I mean by older stuff is like 80s, early 90s, uh still makes me feel like a kid again, and that's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Uh, it's when he comes from behind that blue curtain, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, when you hear "I am a real American," yeah, that's that does something. I get it. I get it. He's he's still up there. When you watch old WrestleManias or anything like that, yeah, I did. I have been. <laughs> this is a a giant brag. Just like you know how great my life is. Uh, I've been recently uh, rewatching uh, old episodes of WCW Thunder. Yes, and. <laughs> And of course, this is after Hulk Hogan's a bad guy. And like, I don't know. I don't think I ever noticed it before, but I really just started paying attention to when pro wrestling's when they're talking, but they just yell the whole time. Yep. And that's Hulk Hogan. He just constantly yells at you. They all yell. I think the yeah. only guy that I've ever really watched that doesn't yell is Jake the Snake. Yeah, he purposely didn't yell and still got things across. Yeah. It's actually more menacing in a way to me that he because he didn't yell. Yeah, but yeah, uh, a great, uh, great way to start off. Obviously, an icon, 
uh, a fantastic nanny as well. Let's not forget that. I'm more, I'm more hip to his suburban commando. No, I get it, but I think he's a, an underrated nanny personally. Uh, much, much better. I than actually the rock. They, I've actually uh, could say that probably Hulk Hogan is the biggest athlete of the eighties. Bigger that than, would be. You could argue that for sure, right? Bigger than Magic and Bird, and that hurts me because I'm a big Larry Bird fan. Yeah, uh, hint, hint. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta say he's probably the biggest from probably what eighty five when he won the title all the way to what ninety two. Definitely, I would definitely say mid eighties for sure. For yeah. sure, yeah. I mean, he transcended the the pro wrestling and made it uh, a thing. People, I mean, people always have always liked pro wrestling, but it really upped its popularity for sure when he became the main event, the main attraction there. And side note, if you're really into pro wrestling, uh, look up Hulk Hogan in Japan wrestling, oh. and you will be blown away by the fact that he could actually, he really could wrestle. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a good worker. Yeah, I I told Andrew I was like I've re- recently rewatched it because it was floating around on Twitter again, and I'd forgotten that he could throw an enziguri. <laughs> it's like something he never ever did, like the drop toll holds that he was doing and everything. Yes. I'm like, wait, yeah. <laughs> All right, so good start. Uh, I think I'm going to start off with pro wrestling as well for my number ten, and I'm going to go with Billy Kidman. Uh, this is a name I don't know if many people know, but I'm. He harkens back to WCW. He was the first guy that I ever remember seeing doing a shooting star press. And that's, and look that up. It's such a, a really cool looking thing. You jump off the top rope, kind of flip backwards in a way. And it looks really awesome. Also look up when Brock Lesnar tried it and uh, yeah. try not to cringe. He's lucky he was okay after that for the record. Uh, but yeah, uh, Billy Kidman, I always have a soft place for him. He, uh, his, also, you can never powerbomb him. That was one of my favorite things, too. Uh, uh, me and Andrew have a great fondness for the video game WCW uh, NWO Revenge. Yes. And even him, one of his moves on there was where him getting powerbombed, but he reverses it. Because <laughs> so, you can never powerbomb Kidman. That was a thing. I, and uh, also, he, he was married for a little bit to Tori Wilson, one of the most attractive women in the history of women. I was so, a big Tori Wilson fan. Well, she still looks great today, by the way. But yeah, she, uh, Stacey, yeah, you're all the way. But also going back watching old episodes of Thunder, I forgot that when Kidman kind of farts, uh, starts getting going, he's in the with flock. the flock, the Ravens flock, and his whole gimmick is that he itches a lot. <laughs> That's why the Shooting Star Press at one point was called the Seven Year Itch. Yeah, yeah, was the best part about it. I that's when I found out about Billy Kidman when I was like watching WCW. Yeah, and then once he got once WCW closed, I kind of didn't watch wrestling too much anymore. Right. Then I see his stuff in like WWF, and I'm like, I, I just don't feel like it's the same Kidman that it's you know, not. He was like, because wasn't he one of the filthy animals? Yes. Uh, toward the end of WCW, he was actually one of the closer to the main event guys. I mean, he was feuding with Hogan there for a little bit, even. So good in the ring. Yeah. But then I did a whole sex tape angle thing uh, before Hogan's sex tape. <laughs> Russo? Or was she not there? 
He probably was if it sucks tape angle. Yeah. All right. Who's your number nine, Andrew? My number nine, oh, just to this day, I don't, I think this is a guy that unless you're in our age range, it's hard for you to appreciate. He will, talking about pro stars, he was on pro stars. That's Bo Jackson. I think there's a lot of people because he was only there for that short period of time. He got injured. Um, then he had to get a hip replacement. The guy still came back and hit a home run with a hip replacement. And he gets so much flack. And whenever I talk about him, like when I was on the two point conversation and I would talk about Bo Jackson, I think because th- they were younger. And even though Matt's like only eight years younger than me, I, he never got to witness the greatness of Bo Jackson and what Bo Jackson was. Uh, he, for a certain point, Bo Jackson, as we're talking about big time, just pop culture, media athletes, he was probably up there with Michael Jordan, maybe even a little bit more edging him out with the Nike commercials. The Bo Knows ads were absolutely amazing. And then you just seen him do all these crazy things, running up a wall. Uh, running through people he was just fast he was big he was just he was absolutely amazing and then all of a sudden like jeremy chap put in the uh you don't know bo 30 for 30 he was just yeah. kind of like he was just kind of gone he was like this absolute mega superstar athlete playing two sports he played football as a hobby could you play for who can somebody tell me some pro football today? <laughs> that could play pro football, pro football as a hobby. After they got done playing baseball from, Feb- you know, start of spring training in like February all the way through, you know, back then it was October and then go, oh, well, I guess I got to go do this hobby thing in football and go do this. It's still absolutely amazing to me and mind blowing. I know. Yeah, and that's. I, do you think that would happen again where a guy would play two pro sport? I kind of think no, just because now we sort of make these kids no. choose at a certain point. And mm-hmm. cause you got to put all your, I mean, Anthony Edwards is a great example of this, right? Like recently, uh, killing it in the NBA, but he also loved playing football and he was really good at it. But at a certain point he had to choose which sport he wanted to stick with. And he decided that he was actually a little bit better at basketball. And that's, that's the way he went. Yeah. It, I know Dion did it. Dion played both sports, but Bo Jackson is the only guy to play two different sports and be an all-star in yeah. both sports. That was yeah. to play it at the high level. And I'm not taking anything away from Dion. Dion was a great football player. He was an okay baseball player, but Bo was damn good at both. Yeah. I mean, to the point where, and he was. The other cool thing about when you start learning about him is the morals that he has that um, he could have signed with the Yankees out of high school and his mom told him, no, you're going to go to college and guess. And she told the news reporter, we were fine without George Steinbrenner's money before we'll be fine with, without it. Now uh, when the Buccaneers screwed him over out of his senior year of baseball and he said, I'm not going to play for your team because you did this to me and they picked them first overall. And he just didn't play. He was like, no, not playing for you. Too bad. Yeah. So it's kind of awesome to see the person and the social media person or not social media, but this 
you know, media kind of commercial star going into it with Nike. Yeah. Really, really good. 30 for 30. Yes. Yep. Uh, I'm also going to go football for my number nine. And this one's going to shock you, Andrew. You're oh. never going to guess the name that's about to come out of my mouth. Uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, ever. Uh, almost won a Super Bowl. Almost. He was right there. He was right there. He almost had it. Then, of course. Kelly? No, 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 no. Even better. Jim who? You know? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one of the greatest to ever do it, of course. That's the great uh, Jake DeLone. We have to go with DeLone here. Uh, we have a running gag on our podcast network that I me always bringing up Jake DeLone, and that's because I legit do love Jake DeLone. <laughs> I don't understand how you couldn't. He's just so great. Uh, you know, the Car- I'm so old. I definitely remember us actually getting the Carolina Panthers, right? From their beginning. I was I was there from the beginning, Andrew. <laughs> and that was the first time I remember us actually being good. We had Jake DeLome, and I think we already had Steve Smith by then, right? Uh, and I yeah, think so. Yeah, uh, so that's a great one-two punch right there. Man, uh, to this day, I'm still very mad at how we treated Steve Smith, by the way. At the oh, end I love Steve Smith. Me too. I was very upset at us for doing that. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jake DeLome definitely got to be up there for me. He's got to be my number nine. Probably my, probably legit my favorite football player. That It's just because he took us to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the best we'd ever done, you know. Great nickname given by Chris Berman, too. Jake, daylight comes and me want to Dell home. That's, <laughs> you made it in the world when you get nicknamed by Chris Berman. And you can already tell by my list that this is my favorite top 10. This is not like the to be a consensus everybody's favorite yeah. top 10. <laughs> oh, I got some in here. Uh, my number eight is kind of, I enjoyed watching this guy in my like 20s. This is probably my favorite uh baseball player in like my 20s yeah in my 20s and everything else first father's day present i ever got was this guy's jersey and that's jason veritek of the boston red sox the captain the catcher uh was he the best player on the boston red sox no but i always felt like he was the guy that kept that team going like in 2004 and everything else, and I think he's the only player to win a world Little League World Series and a World Series championship. I think he's still the only guy to do that. But I, I don't even know how to describe Jason Veritek. Like he, he wasn't the best hitter. He was a damn good catcher. But you just you ever just see a guy and you know like he's not the best, but you kind of know he's probably definitely the leader of the team, and you're like, Yeah, that's the guy that I want. He's going to get down. He's going to get dirty. Yeah. He's going to do the shit that nobody likes. That's how I feel about Jason Veritek. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's yeah. always those guys who you feel like uh, are the, uh, I'm going to, he goes to work every day type of yes. guy, right? Yeah. he's de- He was definitely a lunch pail guy. And the funny thing, there's a video of him. Uh, after he retired, he's at the zoo with his family. This is how kind of cool of a guy. That's how it made me appreciate him even more is there's a guy wearing like a, jason veritech like t-shirt you know how you could get like the jersey t-shirts and he walks up to the guy and he's like oh you're a veritech fan and the guy's like yeah i, I really liked them you know 
watching him play. He was like, I think he's, I think he's coaching with the team now. And he's just talking to Jason Veritek about Jason Veritek. And then Veritek's like, well, I'm him. And he's like, Oh my God, you are. And he was just like, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> it was just so cool that he was just like, I'm going to mess with this guy. Yeah. And he wasn't like rude or anything like that. Like, why aren't you recognizing me? Cause I've heard Matt's story about Jim Kelly. Yes. Where Jim Kelly was upset because Matt, did, or our friend Matt, did not recognize him. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was cool, and I just always Jason Veritek, man. I like it. I like it. So I'm going to go next. My number eight is going to be the guy that not only got me into baseball, but got me into baseball video games because he had his own. Oh, and I was a big uh, even even would turn my hat backwards because of this guy, Ooh. Ken Griffey Jr. I got to go Ken, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. here. Uh, my favorite baseball player probably ever. Uh, I was at the perfect age when he came into the uh, MLB. And, and man, the second, especially for me as a kid, the second you have a video game named after you. Uh, you become like larger than life to me. <laughs> and I love those King Griffey baseball games. I he's on my list, so I'm not gonna go into it. I'll tell you my part when we get to it. Uh, but I do remember playing the video game and my friend Dave and I, we would almost like fight to get the American League because if you had Griffey, you knew that you were just gonna win. Because yeah. we do the home run derbies, you just knew you were gonna win. I mean, obviously, right. <laughs> so my number seven is a guy that i watched as a kid but i think i appreciate more now uh talk about a guy that just injuries and i don't want to say bad luck but just things never really happened and it it is amazing as a career as he's had there's also some what ifs and that's Super Mario himself, Mario Lemieux, number 66, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I put up that did you know he is the only player top 10 in career NHL points that has not played in a 1,000 games. And to accomplish that, the only player to score every way possible in an NHL game and do it in an NHL game. Just, I never... Like Gretzky makes it look easy. There's a lot of players that make it look easy, but when you watch Mario Lemieux, it makes you feel like you're like, oh, well, he he just did that. I could go out there and do that. What is that? And then you realize that the man is just so ultra skilled, cancer survivor, came back numerous times for back injuries and everything else. Uh, two two times Stanley Cup winner. Super Mario is just absolutely amazing. When people say, who is your NHL GOAT? Even though everybody says Wayne Gretzky, it's probably Wayne Gretzky. I still stick to my guns and say Mario Lemieux. I, you, I think you could argue either one. Just, uh, that's kind of like the LeBron, the you know, Jordan debate. Like, if you say either one of those is the GOAT, I'm not going to argue with you. I think either one can be. So, And my friend John, who's just super, super into hockey, uh, Kind of got me into hockey because nobody else really. My aunt was a little bit, but you look at his junior minor league numbers and it is video game esque. <laughs> like uh, when he was in the minors, he scored 282 points, okay, in 70 games. 
So he had 133 goals and 149 that, assists in seven. To be in the to be in the minors and do that, that's impressive. Because I mean, you're also trying to dig for all that gold at the same time, and and you're like, you know, what seven years old? <laughs> no, oh, Canadian minors. Are, What's a minor in Canada? I don't know their ages. Like uh, the youth. This is like the youth hockey kind of. Yeah. Is there like 17, 18 year old kids? Oh, okay. Yeah. 18 year old kids. So it's kind of like the G League where it's like, oh, you're out of high school. Or even if you're in high school, they're like, hey, do you just want to keep on playing hockey? You can kind of. No, I think it's more like in basketball, be like the AAU teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Because they go from like, Bantham midget to like a minor type deal. Yeah. It's weird in hockey. But yeah, Mario Lemieux, number number seven on my list. Number 66. Super Mario. And every time I score on my son in NHL 23 with Super Mario, I make sure I yell out Super Mario. Just, well, you got to, right? Yeah. It's in the room. Right. Yeah. Number seven for me. We're going back to basketball, of course. Um, the again, he also had his own video games uh, that I absolutely loved, but I was a fan of his before those came out. Uh, my f- favorite basketball player of the 90s is this guy. I mean, I liked Michael Jordan, don't get me wrong, but I was a big, big fan of the mound round of rebound himself. Oh, Charles Barkley is my number seven. If you really, I mean, everybody knows him from the TNT show now, and I and he's he's really fun on there. But I encourage you to look up, if you've never seen him before, look up highlights of Charles Barkley playing and realize that he is undersized doing all this stuff. Ridiculously undersized. Yeah, he's like 6'4 on his best day. And he's plays power forward in the in a time where power forwards were uh, you know, six eight to six nine, something like that. And he's out rebounding seven footers left and right. And my favorite thing, I'm a big sucker for these guys who do the, like the power dunks, you know, oh. and that was Charles Barkley. And also just listen to him talk about his playing days. He's very brutally honest about himself. And that's very refreshing to me too. Yeah. Another one I get into an argument about where if you like the young kid at work, never seen Charles Barkley play. And I got to remind him exactly what you said. I'm about six, four myself. And I'm like, this guy was playing power forward in the NBA and he was as tall as me. Okay. And he did it at a high, high, high level superstar, not your MVP. He was the MVP one year. Yeah. Did you, I just heard actually, I heard a story him talking about when he was in the finals against Michael Jordan and he was telling his daughter, he was like, we're going to win this series. Don't worry, because nobody in the world is better at basketball than your father. And then <laughs> he got beat by the Bulls, and he went home, and he told his daughter. He said, well, maybe there's one person in this world better <laughs> at basketball than your father. <laughs> well, also, in fairness, uh, he didn't give up on that series. Like, he played like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Always been a big Charles fan and always will be. My number six is Patrick Wah. Or if you read his name and you're not well versed in uh, French Canadian, 
it is you might call him Patrick Roy, but Patrick Wah, goaltender uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, the Colorado Avalanche. Patrick Wah, because Wah. I gotta. Oh, you would like Patrick Wah. Patrick Wah. Oh, I, would, I love his last name. Patrick Wah was a very intense guy. It matters oh, why not? so you know? much that when he became the head coach for the Colorado Avalanche, he tried to fight the other team's head coach. That's what uh, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, go, you have to be a unique person, I feel, either way, to say, I would like this piece of hardened rubber, you know, shot at me at over 100 miles per hour on a daily night and, you know, sticks jabbed every which way, beating my shins, even though I am wearing shin pads. But Patrick Waugh was an amazing goalie. Uh, at one time, he probably was the best goalie in the HL, or, you know, he was always in that discussion. But another cool thing that he did was he talked to his goalposts to make sure they were helping him out during the game. And the, That's I just considerate. That was absolutely amazing. But Patrick Watt was just always fun for me to watch. Uh, I lived in Western New York, so when everybody's like, Patrick's amazing, I love Patrick. I was like, I just like Wah. I just like this guy that just... Goes out there, very intense, and wins Stanley Cups. That's what he does. He just wins yeah. Stanley Cups. He was the last, as a matter of fact, he was the goaltender for the last Canadian team. That's funny because he played for the Montreal Canadiens. The Montreal Canadiens were the last team based in Canada to win the Stanley Cup. So he was. Well, and from my understanding of Canada, that's all they do up there. So that's impressive. Uh, yeah, they got a they got a fondness for basketball now, and so they're baseball. starting to they're starting to. Yep, yeah. you Steve Nash CFL. Yeah, Steve Nash really helped I think get that going. Uh, I, my number six. You know, every time you have, uh, you run around with your buddies, Andrew. You always have to have one guy, one guy who's sort of the the, the enforcer, right? You need the enforcer. Yeah. And that's why Arn Anderson is my number six. I have to have an enforcer. Arn Anderson, the enforcer of the Four Horsemen. Uh, he really, uh, Ric Flair's right-hand man. Arn Anderson, one of the greatest to ever lace up the wrestling boots. One of the best DDTs. One of the best spine busters. And my personal friend, and I can say that because I had one phone call with him that he definitely does not remember because it was years ago and it was uh, it was at a convention. You know what's funny, though, is seeing Arn Anderson, like, now and listening to him, I bet he remembers that. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't think. Well, he still does his podcast, and he did ask me for podcasting advice. See, that's huge. I think I did pretty good. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm waiting for my thank you on his show. Uh, I want to... So if he needs to send a, a, a check out to Johnny Townsend, I'd appreciate it a great deal. Uh, Arn Anderson, one of my favorites. Uh, man, whenever people talk pro wrestling and they talk about the great talkers and the promos, it always kind of annoys me that he gets left out of that because, good God, that guy was so good at that. Man, so, so incredibly good. And that's saying something considering he was almost always – with Ric Flair. Yeah. the And he came from that time where 
he played it so good that I just remember being a kid and hating Arn Anderson. Just yes. I hate you, Arn Anderson. I hate you all, all four horsemen. I hate you. Leave my man Sting alone. I <laughs> hate you. And then you realize when you get older and you know they kind of pull back the curtain a little bit that and then you're like, wow, he's really just kind of like a cool, cool guy, Mr. Arn Anderson is. But the- yeah, but like when he's on TV. There was never a moment that I didn't believe whatever he was saying he was or anything mm-hmm. like that. I always believed him. And that goes a long way. Uh, I like to be worked, as they say in pro wrestling. Please work me. I like it a lot. I would I'd rather, yeah, uh, uh, help me be worked, please. I'm just hoping Daniel Tasha's not listening to this because he's going to bust oh. in the door and kick, kick it in and go, you like our? Yeah, yeah. Keep that on the, on the DL. I don't want to. Be on Natasha's next point oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be good. There you go. There's some publicity right there. Do you <laughs> like iron? You're gonna have to wrestle Tosh for it. Uh my number five, you've already mentioned him, is you know, Ken Griffey Jr., sweetest swing in baseball, a guy that just went out and had fun constantly, just great all around player. We I look back at it now. That was kind of the steroid era, and you knew this guy just wasn't on steroids, and he was just one hundred percent pure talent and everything else. He felt very easy to root for to for me, especially as a kid. I mean, not only because of video games, just any time I would see an interview with him, or even just trying to collect his baseball cards, just everything about him he just seems so easy to root for and wasn't he one of the few who actually got to play with his dad i think he did yeah actually i think they hit home runs in the same game like on father's day or something because they oh, that's a movie right there because <laughs> they said that if uh brawny and lebron played together they're going to be in the yeah. stands for that first game because that's that's monumental in sports yeah that's pretty incredible and he yeah. got over that big head syndrome from in the simpsons pretty easily too that's how amazing this guy you had to think talent wise because i think that episode came out in the early 90s and griffey started playing and i think in about i want to say 80 uh, probably 89 guy made it to the major leagues and that came out in like 92 and the simpsons were like this guy is going to be our center fielder i mean and we're going to make sure he drinks this stuff and then he's going to have a giant head but just to think how young he was in that, even that episode compared to all those other guys, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. All right, so I'm also getting in my top five. This before we started recording this, Andrew, I said I think I have one that may surprise you. Okay, and I think he's going to go here, and I think it it mainly because I don't know if a lot of people realize how much of an athlete you have to be to be in this sport. And I'm going to go with my favorite NASCAR driver of all time. Mark Martin is making my top five. The number six Valvoline Ford. Uh, my favorite uh, man. It, you, I don't think people realize the endurance you have to have oh. to be a NASCAR driver. Uh, I mean, you're going, you know, the, the Daytona 500, the 500 actually means something. <laughs> You know, and you don't get breaks once you're in that car. And it's sort of, uh, 
it's sort of like the how do they go to the bathroom type thing you know I always wanted like, that and they they just they just go to the bathroom just so those who know well uh it's gonna dry <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you really do have to be a really good athlete and Mark martin actually was actually a big proponent of fitness too on top of all that uh but he's also have this thing and i've already said it i mean it's already kind of pretty obvious because Charles Barkley is one of my favorites too of these guys who are so good and were so, so close to winning a championship, but never did. And Mark Martin's one of those. He would frequently in the nineties and the late nineties be top three in NASCAR uh, a couple times finishing second, almost winning. And I remember my little kid heart breaking every time, like, Oh God, he was so close. You know, I always pulled for Mark Martin. What's uh, that it? He almost had it every time. Such a good, fantastic race car driver is Mark Martin. In the era of the Earnhardts being, uh, and they are incredible, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I was always like, man, what's that number six doing over there? Belvoline. I had a model of them. Put together I, model car. I had many Mark Martin cars. I think that was the cool thing about NASCAR. We talked about it in our like a '90s NASCAR thing. Is not only there was it like the driver, but the car kind of yes. also had to be cool in a way. Yes, iconic paint jobs on those cars, and then they would also do like special paint jobs on those cars every once in a while. They were really really neat. The WCW guy. <laughs> I definitely remember the WCW car. <laughs> My number four. Is I'm going back to hockey. This is my favorite hockey player of all time. Probably one of the most hated guys of all time, also. Uh just because of what he did, but it's it's my man, number 88, easy himself, Eric Lindros. Uh, a lot of people don't like him because he didn't want to play for a crappy owner in Quebec. So he just straight out told him, You can draft me, but I'm not playing for you. And I'm pretty sure if Quebec would have stayed, they would have been happy because the Nordiques turned into the avalanche. And when the Nordiques traded uh, Mr. Lindros to the Flyers, they got a crap load of stuff in there. And the avalanche ended up winning a couple of cups because of all the stuff they got there. Uh, check out the trade tree on the Sportsnet if you ever want to see what that led to. But this was... Uh, my probably my first actual like wow hockey player like I I watched hockey I knew about hockey like I said my aunt was in the hockey she was a Sabres fan uh there was a guy Pierre Turgeon that I liked that played for the Sabres uh guy for the Flames Theo Fleury but I never really like watch watched them but Eric Lindros he was just this big old guy and my friend John still makes fun of me to this day because I just love like giant size hockey players i they gotta they gotta be like six four and up which not many of them are or they gotta be like five eight those are like my two favorite types of hockey players. like i don't want time guy. i get it I, I don't want the guys in the middle i, I want a big and big and just gonna bowl you over the little scrappy guy that's what i want out of my hockey players but i just loved eric lindros the way that he played Everything else, big, tough. I still hate Scott Stevens to this day for giving Lindros a concussion, even though I understand he should have kept his head up going across the ice. 
but I still hate you, Scott Stevens, like Daniel Tosh hates Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson. That, that's how much I just oh, but I did actually get to see Eric Lindros play, and then he got kicked out of the game like in two periods. And I almost got punched in the face for wearing a Lindros jersey at that same game. And I was like 16 by some guy that was like 22. Nice. Yeah. Fans <laughs> are great. Yeah. Yeah. But fans are great. Uh, yeah. Easy is the man. Always loved Eric Lindros. All right. My number four, Andrew, there comes a time when you can uh, choose between kicking butt and chewing bubble gum. But guess what? You're all out of the bubble gum. And thank goodness we had Roddy Piper for that. And Roddy Piper is my number four. This guy in pro wrestling, one of those who actually went, uh, was so popular that he was, I bet there's some people who like just knew him from movies and from TV shows and stuff. Oh, yeah. And man, he transcended the sport. So. I definitely remember the first time that I've realized I was becoming a pro wrestling fan was when, like most kids, I got into it because Hulk Hogan, right? Hulkamania. I was like, oh, Hulk Hogan is so cool. And then I realized that he's uh, often going against this Roddy Piper guy, and he's a little different, right? He's he's like He's saying stuff that I should be mad about, but I was paying attention to like how he was saying it and how he was a master at getting underneath people's skin, obviously on purpose. And man, uh, what an incredible athlete. Also very happy because Andrew and I are uh, close friends with some people who come from the pro wrestling world <laughs> and often will bring a name up. And if they've met them, it's n- it's not always a happy story. Thankfully, the Roddy Piper meeting that our friends have had, very, very positive and very, very awesome. And one of the few, well, not one of the first times that an athlete's death really affected me. Uh, I mean, Eddie Guerrero obviously sucked, but Roddy Piper, I mean, that was from my childhood. And uh, that one really stung. I really, really like that guy so much, so. Roddy Piper is my number four. Uh, what an incredible, incredible athlete. And a guy that you legit believed if he got into a a real scrape, he could oh. hold his own. I think this was the first heel that I ever liked. Like, Yes. I, yeah, that's what, like I, was, that's what I was trying to say. You yeah, like, the first bad guy that I liked. Yeah. Like, you were like, oh, well, he's cool. He's not that bad. And I liked it because he wore a kilt. And I yeah. Scottish. So, yeah, and he went I, against Mr. T, who I love, oh, by the way. Love iconic, Mr. T. I'm with him. I also pity all those fools. I am with you, Mr. T. But I was like, man, I sorry, Mr. T. In this one instance, I, I gotta I gotta go for Roddy Piper. And famously had one of the best fight scenes in any movie ever that lasted like 20 minutes. <laughs> also, he's one of the great characters side characters and it's always sunny in philadelphia is the maniac yeah yes and he's just like living out of his car my favorite is the one where he just falls into the ponzi scheme and he's yes. had to make like ridiculous amounts of money on it <laughs> i love the maniac uh my number three 
is one of your co-hosts on the panel discussion. And one of Charles Barkley's co-hosts as well. Uh, it's Shaquille O'Neal. It's Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Uh, check out my podcast, The Panel Discussion. Shaquille O'Neal is a frequent... Uh, heck, he's a mainstay now. Oh, he is. He loves, he loves the movie The Patriot. He's a big fan of The Patriot. <laughs> Very mad at it. Apparently... He's the father of Zion Williamson, which I didn't know, but yeah. Still pushing Shaq packs on that show, too. <laughs> but yeah, Shaq. Uh, from the time that I saw him break a backboard or anything else, I was like, this guy is going to be something different. And he was the first player I ever remember doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there have been ones before it, but he was the first one that I remember. Literally breaking basketball goals. Yeah, just destroying them in every way possible to the point where the NBA holds a second actual rim into goal in the place, or a third one, just to make sure in case somebody doesn't break it. And they had to reinforce it. And when he did break that one, I think it was against the Nets, they couldn't even repair it. (laughs) He just destroyed, like whatever it is the hydraulics or anything inside of it, but Shaq larger than life personality dominant, the most dominant basketball player I've ever seen in my life. And uh, one thing I would love to see today is Orlando magic Shaq playing the NBA today and just see how absolutely great he, you know, that would have been in today's NBA. Yeah, the a recent thing on Twitter was, and I think Shaq even retweeted, I'll have to ask him when I talk to him again, uh, retweeted this where uh, people were pitting him up against uh, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And Joel Embiid is very, very good. Not taking anything away from him, obviously. Uh, I'm not arguing against him winning MVP. He had a very good season. Uh, putting up uh, 30 and 10 is not unusual for him. Very, very skilled, fantastic player. Also a really big dude, uh, seven foot, and he's thick. He's a thick boy. So I do think that that would be a really good matchup. However, that Shaq, I don't think people realize how much of just a monster he was down low. There was, if he wanted to dunk on you, you were not stopping him. I don't care who you are. He was putting that ball. He was ripping that rim off. It didn't matter what you did. Oh, good. And another athlete who transcended his sport. Yes. Big time. And came up with cheaper shoes because because of, uh, you know, wanted to make sure something was nice for the families out there, something nice and affordable. I That's a very good point. I think I've, maybe I'll talk to Shaq about this on a better discussion. I don't remember. <laughs> but when I was a kid, the Air Jordans were just as expensive to us then as they are now. Mm-hmm. And... All my friends had these Air Jordans, and growing up, we weren't rich or anything by any means. I was, I was always cared for. I mean, like I had a really great childhood, yeah. but uh, I was really jealous. And I was just getting into basketball, and then Shaquille O'Neal came out with the Shaquille O'Neal shoes, and my parents could afford those for me, and those those were my favorite shoes for a long, long time. So I'm very grateful to Shaq just for that. And for, of course, Kazam. You know who else had really good basketball shoes that were Reebok and well, probably around in there? Because I loved my Iversons. Yes. I yeah. I loved my Iversons. 
I, I know you did. He's one of your favorites. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Allen Iverson. It's, I mean, how can you not pull for Allen Iverson? You got to be. I'm not even going to get into it. Uh, but uh, number two. Oh, no. I haven't done my you're, three. Yeah, you're number I'm on my three. I just know that we both love Shaq because he is your coach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even before he uh, started joining me on my show, uh, I was a Shaq fan, even more so now that I've gotten to know him. <laughs> People who don't listen to that show, I have no idea. No. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna tune in to be very shocked. It's like, you're. Your listeners are going to skyrocket after this. Yes. All right. So my number three, I'm going back. I'm also going uh, back to basketball. I am an unapologetic, even in today's time, Charlotte Hornets fan. Always will be. That's the team that really got me into basketball as a kid. And it just, it's my, one of my absolute favorite things ever is basketball. And the first big-time player that I remember the Charlotte Hornets ever drafting was this guy. Again, another undersized power forward, which apparently is my thing. You know, you're thinking hockey is a tall, big guy. For whatever reason, an undersized power forward just does something for me. <laughs> which is what, Zion, man, get your act together, please. I'm begging you. I want to be your fan. Uh, please get your act together. Uh. He was Zion before Zion, and you have said that. Yeah. This is Larry Johnson, Grandmama himself, LJ. my One of my all-time favorite basketball players, just athletes in general. And this is this is how much that I've realized that this is, quote-unquote, my type. <laughs> in NBA 2K, the basketball games, you can create your own player. Mm-hmm. And in NBA 2K, the, the one that's out now, They'll give after you create your player, they'll give you the NBA players to compare him to. And the first one that my guy that I created was literally compared to Larry Johnson. That's awesome. And I was very excited and happy about that. Grandma Ma himself. Grandma Ma, not only a fantastic basketball player, but he helped Steve Urkel. Right? He helped Steve Urkel on Family Matters. You can't go wrong with Grandma Ma slash Larry Johnson, one of my all-time favorite basketball players. Man, that really – this is giving me such nostalgia for 90s basketball. <laughs> All I need now is a little penny and everything will be perfect. <laughs> Chris Rock, dude, a little penny. That was the, the, one, the one guy that I do work with, he is from Memphis, and it, when it comes to older basketball players – it's funny because at first he was like, you know, Penny was really good. I'm like, why, why do you know? But then I found out he's from Memphis and I was like, yeah, you guys can't say anything bad about Penny. in yeah. Memphis, Can you? He's like, yeah. no, 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 we're, we, we just leave him alone. Uh, <laughs> Penny's still probably the number one there. Uh, That's, that is also why you'll, you will really hear a negative thing in North Carolina about uh, a certain number 30 in golden state. Uh, you know, yeah. Steph Curry. We're riding down with Steph. <laughs> commercial star. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, so my number two, probably really no shock to you. Another basketball player, Larry Legend, the hick from French Lick, Larry Bird. Once again, gotta love the guys that are just down and dirty, do all the crazy stuff, never give up. Uh, 
almost sounded like a G.I. Joe intro. <laughs> <laughs> but Larry was the guy. Larry was the first guy that when I got my little Celtics hoodie at the age of five and I'm looking around, you know, I'm like, okay, here's this team. I'm going to be a Celtics fan. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, look at Larry Bird. Just go Larry Bird. The man, he's so awesome. He can do, he, I would say he's better than magic because he did everything pretty much magic could do, but the guy could shoot even though a better shooter than magic. And even though we get guys like J.J. Reddick, that's like, Bird didn't do that well. He wouldn't last in this league today. Larry Bird would thrive in this league today. He would be... I don't get that sentiment, eight. honestly. People just don't... Man. Anyway, I'm the reason I'm jumping in here is Larry Bird is also my number two. Oh, is he? Yes. Yes. He? I am not a Celtics guy, but you the exception be. I make is Larry Bird. Should Larry be. Bird is my exception. Uh, and that is because I'm also a sucker for a guy who makes these passes that don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> and also a player that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, and he was obviously team first guy. You know, that's yeah. the ones I also really, really like. And there was never a moment that I ever felt watching Larry Bird when he was on that court that he wasn't giving as much as he could possibly give. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember him taking any possession off. And the other great thing about him is that he is such a legend that I love hearing other basketball players talk about yes. Larry Bird. There's some fantastic, incredible stories oh. about Larry Bird out there. I mean, famously, when they were doing a three-point shooting contest, you know, and he comes and goes, well, who's finishing second? You know, one of those yeah. types of things. And guess what? He did win it. So. He did in a warm up. In his yeah. warm ups. <laughs> and the other thing, I, one of the things I always loved, apparently he did this a lot, is he would tell whoever's guarding him what the play was going to be and would do it and they couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> I also love the Craig Hodges story when Craig Hodges, Larry Bird took the year off. Eddie and Craig Hodges finally won the three point. And he was and he was yelling at Larry Bird and he was like, you know where you know, he told the reporter or something. He was like, you know where to find me, Larry, if you wanna if you wanna challenge me for this. And Larry Bird said very nicely and calmly calmly, yes, at the end of the Bulls bench. <laughs> yeah, expert trash talker, Larry Bird. Uh and uh one of the there's an incredible documentary about them, about Larry and Magic, because they're always going to be connected. Yes. And I think it's on HBO, if I'm thinking right. It's incredibly good and very, very moving, honestly, that these guys go from hated rivals. Like, they did not like each other at all. Even from high school, (laughs) basically, they didn't like each other. And then uh, they just literally become really good friends to the fact that when Magic you know, got HIV that one of the few people that actually reached out to him, Larry Bird was one of those. And it just meant a lot to Magic Johnson. So, man, what an incredible, they literally saved him and Magic, their rivalry literally saved uh, pro basketball. And I love the fact that Larry, in that documentary, it was like, I don't like Magic. I like Irvin. Yeah, I like he's Irvin. an Irvin guy. He's an I, Irvin I like guy. Irvin. I don't like magic. I like how annoyed he said too that his mom loved yeah. <laughs> And they're just so they're so different with their lifestyles in the NBA. Yeah. 
too. Like magic was just so huge, flashy, and Bird was like, I just want to mow my lawn. And I love yeah. over dramatization of Larry Bird in winning time. And that's why I cannot wait for season two. Yes. I think it's yeah. coming out in oh, August because they're doing the Larry and magic years. And I kind of, they're, they're really wait. diving into the French hick part, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they're really diving oh into my that. goodness. When he's like crushing beers, like right on camera, yeah. like, basically just spitting tobacco out of his mouth on the court. <laughs> yeah. They just like really digging into it. Just over dramatization of what Larry Bird was, but yeah. So good. Uh, I also, Again, another the Dream Team documentary is also very good, and it gives you an idea of how those two worked. Magic was going out that front door where everybody would see him, and Larry was looking for the back door where he could yeah. kind of get away. And that's like kind of that. who they were. That's why they work. That's why you can tell those personalities work well together too. Yeah. All right, so we're down to our number ones, Andrew. Who's your number one? It's Dan the Man Marino quarterback Miami Dolphins to this day I love Dan Marino I've heard we talk about kind of like that Piper situation I've heard mixed things about meeting Dan so it's kind of like one of those things where but just man I grew up in western New York as I said multiple times uh this is Bill's country the Bills were huge back then they were starting to get good in the late 80s and you know what they did in the 90s but I just remember seeing Dan Marino just throw a football and talk about effortless, but absolutely so good. And I was like, man, that's awesome. I just want to be able to launch giant passes down the field and do exactly what Dan does. I cannot do what Dan does. Never did do what Dan does did, but you don't do what Dan. No, I don't, but just to watch him, just to watch him play. And then a guy that, probably played past his time but was so stubborn that he was not going to give up anything because he just felt like in his head which is cool but then sometimes it's also a bad thing but since he was one of my favorite players it was kind of like a cool thing that he was like i'm just gonna stand in there yeah i tore my achilles and i got like 10 knee braces on but guess what i'm gonna stand in there and when he tore his achilles they didn't put it properly so to this day he can still he cannot properly flex his foot but his first game after his achilles injury he like threw for like 400 yards and three touchdowns it's just amazing the way that he just stood in the pocket just commanded everything one of my greatest like you talking to arn anderson one of my favorite podcasting moments is talking to uh richmond webb who played left tackle for the miami dolphins so he played with dan marino and just Richmond Webb had nothing bad to say about him. Just the guy was just a leader, motivator, yelling at people, getting people going, knew what he wanted to do and just wanted to win. It's all he wanted. And I love Dan Marino to this very day. Yeah. You'll never get me saying a bad word about him because this guy is tough. He once was literally kidnapped and had to have Jim Carrey save him. And uh, pretty incredible. So, you know, laces out, long live Dan Marino. <laughs> so the, there's a funny thing is my wife hates it, but on our mantle, okay, uh, on our, you know, above our fireplace, there's my, 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 my college diploma, my wife's college diploma, uh, 
my mom's old dog ashes that I took down when my mom passed away because I felt like I had to. And then I, one of our old dog's ashes. And then they are surrounded by two plaques with cards in them. One is Dan Marino and the other one is Shaq. And my, wife, <laughs> and my wife absolutely hates it. But <laughs> if, if we were to move, if she was to move one of them, it's not me that would be the one going, what's wrong with you? It's my children. They feel that Shaq and Dan Marino must always be up there. Especially yeah. Shaq. Shaq hung, oh, yeah, yeah. hung it in our dining room because our kids were like, my kids were like, oh, put this up here. So it is a family tradition that Shaq is always very, Shaq and Dan Marino are always very close to our family. Yeah. You show me one person who hates Shaq and I'll show you a person that I, I don't need to get to know. <laughs> All right. So I, if you'd asked me to guess your number one, I think I could have got it yeah. because I know you're a big Dolphins guy and I know you love Dan Marino. So I think I could have guessed that. Do you think you can guess who oh, my got number you. one is? I got yeah, who is it? Michael Jeffrey Jordan. No. What? Michael Jordan, a guy I always did like, but I have this penchant to always pull for the guy who nobody seems to pull for. So he had enough fans. I'm going with this guy, Andrew, per my knowledge, is the only is the only man. It's a basketball player. Oh, this will give it away. He's the only man to ever in one Royal Rumble match appear three times. Oh, Oh, you got Mr. McFoley. Okay. Mr. McFoley is my all time favorite athlete ever. Ever. And I am proud to say and glad and happy to say that I've met him multiple times, each time very awesome. Never once was I ever disappointed in a meeting with Mick Foley. So he has that too. He's really good with his fans and genuinely seems to be a good guy out of the ring even. So that's yeah. also another, very much a family guy. Uh, I really always gravitated toward him, he was the guy who got me into liking WWF at the time. Over because I, I was a, I was hardcore WCW, right? And then when it was getting in the late two thousands, and it was very obvious that WCW wasn't near what it used to be. Uh, I was like, well, what's? And my friends were like, hey, well, we should, because we would have Monday nights where uh, me and my buddies would get together and we would watch wrestling. And I really have great memories of that. And we started gravitating toward, hey, let's see what's going on on Raw. And that's when I discovered Wolverine. a certain... Raw's war. Yeah, yes. That's, that's... A certain Mick Foley, a.k.a. Mankind, and I was hooked. In my opinion, the best talker ever. Uh, in my opinion, someone who, if you just looked at him, you were like, what is, what is this guy? He's just like... Uh, my neighbor down the road, you know, something like he just looks like a normal person, even though he's actually pretty tall, honestly. And, but he doesn't look like your normal, you know, Hulk Hogan, not knocking this, but obviously he's a big time. He looks like a superhero action figure, right? That is not what Mick Foley looks like, but Mick Foley uh, was one heck of an athlete. Good God. Was he good? And, uh, man, he, as soon as he would show up in wrestling, I was just paying attention. I He was one of those guys. I think everybody on my list has this thing where if they were on the screen, I'm glued to it. 
And he's one of those for me, especially. He's my all-time favorite athlete ever. And if anybody wants to argue with me that pro wrestling isn't quote-unquote athletic or anything like that, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, yeah, uh, I'm going to say Mick Foley was thrown off a cage and through a cage. And the thing that people don't realize is he came back later that night (laughs) for a run-in. Uh, to help Stone Cold, so uh, that's that's all I'm going to say. Mick Foley, my absolute all-time favorite athlete. I I got to agree with you on that one. Like I was aware of Mankind, but I didn't watch wrestling because it was probably like you know at '96, '97, where it's still kind of cartoonish before yeah. the big Stone Cold boom. And so my first introduction to actually watching him on TV was Dude Love, and <laughs> I was like. I don't get it. Okay, this is stupid. Why is he going up against Stone Cold? Okay, this is stupid. And then I saw Mankind. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is different, this Mankind. And then I could see, like, I saw some of his older stuff, like, from Japan, like Cactus Jack and stuff of that nature. But he's that guy that you can gravitate towards. Like you said, if you're not always gonna sound horrible you're not always like the good looking guy you're not always the popular one in the group yeah yeah you're doing what you can like the rock and sock thing that worked one of my favorite things yeah worked out so great because they were just so so different Mick Foley was the guy that you know just got joked on when Mick Foley this is how I would put it Mick Foley is the best friend he's a supporting actor he's the samwise yep and those are my favorites guess what my favorite character of the rings is samwise and that's who i guess i just feel like that's i was never the best looking guy but Mm -hmm. i would say i'm pretty dang entertaining and i'm pretty dang i can be pretty dang funny and charming when i want to be and that's mick foley right there that's one of the great moments too is when he got one over the the rock and he did. Yes. And he turned around his own catchphrase on him, and did. Yes. <laughs> and to this day, one of the highest rating segments in television history is the the "This Is Your Life" with Mick Foley and The Rock. I Mick Foley's just so great, and the fact that the guy loves Christmas and everything else. Yes. And- also, guess what? I'm a giant Santa guy too. <laughs> I think Santa Claus is the best. And guess who else thinks Santa Claus is the best? Mick Foley. Foley, <laughs> Foley loves Santa and Christmas. It was funny because I was when I was listening to the 25th anniversary thing at, uh, for Hell in a Cell. Before he even uh, did that match, he was at uh, s- some Christmas village riding, <laughs> <laughs> riding a roller coaster, a Christmas yep. roller coaster with his daughter. He has the whole Christmas room. Mick Foley is just, he is the average underdog guy that made it big and i don't i've never heard anybody say they didn't like big Foley. jim Car jim Cornette, who hates probably 90 percent of what mick foley is known for loves mick loves, foley. loves mick foley he says <laughs> yeah. it i love mick i love Mick. yeah and just the things that he said like uh on that pod when he said that he couldn't he couldn't jump high so he had to jump from high places when it came to certain things and it just put his whole body on the line for what he absolutely yeah. loved 
and paying for it now for the record. Yes. Yeah, but uh, very sad. Sometimes uh, I remember when I was at a convention and I saw him walking away and I was like, man, it broke my heart, <laughs> my soul, because I love this guy so much. But I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think he regrets it though. I don't think he does either. I really don't. I mean, it gave him the life that he has, and he's he's really grateful for it. The, and uh, side note, uh, his uh, his wife, when they were uh, both younger, she's quite attractive. Yeah, and he did very well for for himself. I will say, when it comes to that, yeah, he is he is an exceptional person. I yes, a great wrestler, and probably from what I've seen, an acceptable person. I've never heard a bad story about him where somebody was like. I haven't either. And if you, I think if you piss off Mick Foley, you're doing something wrong. And in <laughs> yes. the, that's the other thing too, is loved his family so much. He was a notorious cheapskate. Yes. That him and yeah. Owen Hart, the legendary stories about Mick Foley are almost always about how cheap he is. <laughs> yes. And the, him and Owen Hart having competitions to see who could spend the less, the less amount of money on road trips. Yeah. And by the way, Mick Foley, especially in the nineties, I mean, he wasn't making Stone Cold money, but he was making good money. He was like the yeah. top. He was like the top three, uh, in the company. So, oh yeah, which is pretty dang good considering uh, the very famously Vince McMahon was like, I don't see it when he first uh, saw Mick Foley, and he also very famously, I think it was Jim Ross, he said, "We're going to hire this guy so you can know what it's like when a talent breaks your heart," type of thing. And then guess what? He ate his words. <laughs> He's so great. Gotta love Mick Foley. Yeah, one of my absolute all-time favorites. But that is the end of the show. This is Johnny and I's top ten favorite athletes. Yeah, who are I, yours? Yeah. Who are your uh, top? Who are some of your favorite athletes? Maybe some of the ones that don't get that don't get all the attention that you think should get attention. Uh, and I think we'll from time to time we'll do a top list like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously want to do like our top favorite sports movies and whatever stuff like that sports related obviously uh, so yeah what are your favorites out there was is there an athlete that you uh, wish got more love because i kind of think it's what my looking at my list it's kind of what my list is really <laughs> a lot of these guys who i was like man why don't more people talk about mark martin you know why don't more people talk about billy kidman well i like billy kidman that the shooting star press that still blew my mind but if you also do like lists and you want to listen to a whole podcast about lists, because I feel like since we did a list, I need to plug their plug it is go check out Eat the Sleep List on the BICP radio network or wherever you get your podcast. They do lists all the time. Great, yeah. great hosts over there. And I think, like Johnny said, with that being said, who are your favorite athletes? Yeah, and as God is my witness, he's broken in half.